Tester 1, 2. Tester 1, 2. Tester 3, 4. Is this even actually fucking working? No. It's recording at the end. Alright, who cares? Hey there, folks. It's uh, your shit host, Chris. Uh, and I know it's been a while since we've been around. Uh, been fighting to rebrand and fighting to make ourselves better. But here is a quick episode. Maybe not so quick, but uh, kind of a, a rough episode. We streamed this one uh, on Sunday evening here in the middle of June, at the end of June. Uh, we talked to a new friend uh, of the show and uh, talk about our rebranding a little bit, but mostly we get into RPGs and tabletop and what he's up to. And uh, It's not a normal episode, and I'm sorry if the audio is a little bit rough, but I hope you enjoy it. So without further ado, here's a brand new episode of Between the Profound and the Profane. Thank you guys so much. Focus be bad, yo. That focus be bad. Oh, well, uh, oh, oh, is, is it gonna bother you? Yeah. Is it gonna bother the shit out of you? Oh, I'm so much, so much, guys. I mean, my friends. So guys, tell me, tell me when. Uh, tell me when Chad's visible. Yeah. <laughs> when I'm kind, of, I'm kind of visible right now. Actually. Chad doesn't look like he's covered in Vaseline. I don't know why that's doing it. Oh, Just on that side. <laughs> Yeah, might be it. Go for it. Yeah. Actually, mine gets like that too, so sometimes it gets like smudged up, so. No, th those, just, th uh, those things eat fingerprints. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we're going with, guys! Alright! Yeah. I, I, I can be smudged. I actually might want to move the camera a little bit more. That's what I was coming over to look. I need to go. Yeah. Alright, guys! Yeah! Like this. this is the pro broadcast. I mean, this is, what, this is what the bonus hours is all about. Uh. <laughs> Actually, take the TV and, and pivot it this way. Quick lo-fi and slapdash jobs. And there you go. And then kind of tilt it down. Being as quick as possible. Perfect. Yeah, I mean, I'll be fuzzy. It's fine. I, I, I'll, I'll eat that. All right. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's try this one more time here, guys. Try it again? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're, I mean, we're, we're live. So people I mean, what this? So it doesn't really. What are we going to do? It doesn't really here matter. We are. Oh, Jesus. I'm attacking you. Live, live podcasting. That's what, this is what it's yes, all about. Yes. We haven't been in front of the mics in so damn Jeez. long at this point. I mean, the last time I couldn't you, even tell you. you and I sat in front of a mic to do uh, an episode of this was while we were in Galveston, and those episodes yep. haven't even premiered yet. Uh, actually, I need to get back on that editing now oh. that I think about it. Well, the, it happens. I mean, hey, 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 we were, we were, we're doing a lot of rebranding. We're doing a lot of reshuffling. As you can see. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Things have, things have things. changed. Uh, thank you to our friend uh, Chad over here. Yeah, uh, that, that was me. Yeah, without him, uh, we would not have our cool new logos and all of the uh, new things that we've acquired over the past summer. Um, and as you can tell, uh, a few people are missing. Ian's up upstate battling the wind. Uh, Apparently. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. He seems to always think that there's a tornado coming. I, I don't understand that. It's always a tornado. Like, 
Well, um, and this is according to Ian. Well, you guys, like, um, you know, <laughs> harp, right? You yeah, see, yeah. Harp controls the weather uh, in Groveton, <laughs> where I live. You know, like. Huh. <laughs> so it say, could. It's possible. It's possible he could literally be being plagued by government-induced. I, I I just want to say I, I've met him like one time and that's that's pretty spot on. I, I've known him for fifteen years, so I, I I hope that I can do a good impression of him. I, I've met him once, and I think that's that's my lasting impression of, of Ian. So. <laughs> Come on, guys! Like, yeah, he, he's he's just he's fucking Wayne from Wayne's World. He's great. He's, he's fantastic. <laughs> he's my, fantastic. My favorite person in the world, probably. I'm really irritated. I can't even look at the screen right now. That. Fuzz. I mean, don't look at the screen. You gotta remember, don't look at the screen. Hey, if it's anything, uh, I'm just the guest today, so this will go away when the actual person's here. So <laughs> don't worry about it. It's okay. The screen is the least important part of the whole damn thing. It's very true. Our this is a audio based. Uh, what's that word? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm yeah? done. Oh, okay. you, oh you, you mean you mean podcast? <laughs> Thank the you. Podcast. That's the podcast. You know the thing that you guys run. <laughs> hey, sometimes. Sometimes it happens, and I don't know where the words go, but they disappear. I mean, you gotta make up your own. Uh, I make up words daily, so yeah. yeah. I mean, we are a very engaging uh, uh, program. Yes, yes, he is fuzz. I know squirrel. I'm just naturally fuzzy. I know that's, my, that's my boy. That's fuzzy my boy. like Nightcrawler. Hey, Nike, hey, Kurt Wagner is a fantastic hey, character. Hey, I love Kurt Wagner. Kurt right? Wagner he, he is, stays uh, on my arm. He has an X-Men tattoo. I'm actually very impressed. <laughs> you know, did you know he has a beard and uh, everything now? Nightcrawler uh, yeah, yes. has a beard now. Nightcrawler, he, Nightcrawler is pretty great. I love. He's like one of my favorite X-Men actually. Yeah, yeah, he, uh, he's up there. I, I think uh, just above Gambit, and I think I only uh, like Gambit because of the Cajun accent. It's the one I, I cannot do that accent. I just cannot do Cajun. I can do like the. Uh, Mon ami. That's about it. It's like that's like literally all I can actually do. Well, see, he it's because Gambit did a sexy Cajun accent. It's really difficult to make a sexy yeah, Cajun not, accent. I'm not a sexy Cajun. I'll, I'll take that loss. I'll take the L. <laughs> because other than that, you're either Leatherhead from TMNT. Uh, showing, oh, Leatherhead. I'm Leatherhead. I guarantee. You know, you know what's funny? Okay, I have, I have a story. So the other day, speaking of like old reminiscence of like '80s cartoons, uh, I think we all have those moments where like. It's like 2 in the morning, you should be in bed, but you're like scrolling through YouTube on your phone. Yeah. And somehow, I ran across Street Sharks. Oh. Street Sharks? And I was watching Street Sharks, and I was like, this is... What? Why did we... Why? How did we watch this as kids? And I was like, it was pretty bad. And I was just like... I, it was so bad that like, I stayed until like 4 in the morning watching old Street Shark episodes. And like, I vowed to tell my... Never to tell anybody until like right now. So congratula <laughs> right now. congratulations, this is my confession. <laughs> Look, sometimes you find yourself watching old episodes of the worst clone cartoons you can possibly find. Uh, call me when you start watching episodes of Mystic Knights of Tyr Nanog, and then we can talk. Yeah, you got I don't know. What that no? is. You got I have it all on my computer. You really? You got it? <laughs> I do, actually. That is one of those fucking shows that is like locked in the very, very back of my mind. It's basically a VR Troopers yeah, or um, okay. Power yeah, Rangers it's, ripoff. It's but, very bad. Um, actually, but, I remember, wait, sorry, I remember Big Bad Beetleborgs. Big Bad Oh, Borgs. Yeah, of course. Of course. I, I feel like I feel like a lot of nineties kids are like, well, we had a better back then. I'm like, but did we though? I mean did, did we? some cartoons nowadays are fantastic. Yes. Yes, cartoons nowadays. Yeah. Actually I would argue they're better now. Well, they, they treat kids like they're fucking adults. I feel like the cartoons now are actually better than uh like the nineties stuff. Nineties stuff is pretty pretty bad. So. No, our our parents were <sighs> correct. Uh Power Rangers warped our brains yeah. and destroyed yeah, our it's, futures. It's very true. I think 
the the big thing I think with '90s cartoons was more of like you had these studios coming out, like you said, their copycats or anything like that. You had the same story pretty much throughout any of the any of the episodes. You were just like, oh, we're gonna form a team, we're gonna go fight this thing, we're gonna get into hijinks, and that's the that's that's like the American. Like man, the outlined. '90s was full of damn hijinks. Oh, it was, it was. I mean, that literally is the—that's uh, the description of uh, Endgame. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, oh, the hijinks <laughs> of them re-releasing it for a weekend so they can add one. Hey, man, I'm—I'm I'm gonna put my money into that pot because uh, I want my—I want my deleted scenes. It, it's just I'm, gonna be a closer scene, right? Like it's just gonna be. A... I, th- I think they're adding one more additional scene that was cut. Yeah, um, there's two scenes they added. They yeah. add an after credits and. If I'm not, I can't remember what they said where it was added. Um, if I'm not mistaken, uh, I think it's an end credit scene, and I don't know where they said it was added, but I know there's more footage that was like, I definitely want to see this. It's like to me, sorry guys, but uh, kind of fanatic here from Marvel. Oh, listen, so, yeah. don't get me wrong. I, I'm I'm 100% okay with um, Endgame. I'm 100% okay with watching Endgame multiple times because I've seen it four times now. I have a confession. I've only seen it once. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, I've and only seen it once also. I wanted to go see it again multiple times, but uh, this is now like my big excuse. To oh, I've it, watched so. it once in the theater and three times on the phone. Yeah. I, I can't they imagine watching that once. one. They've made enough money. Oh, it's in, it's in 1080p. I mean, okay. So I'm but, like, well, something just landed on my face and it scared me. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Between the Profound and the Profane, a comedy podcast where lifelong friends gather together, trade friendly stories, give friendly advice, and try to learn something new about their friends. While we're at it, try to make some new friends. Hey, out there! New friends, new friends, true believers, bone whores, and personal army of trash people. Uh, Joining me uh, this week, once again, as he has for many a week up to this point, he's my artificer, he's the producer, he's Dustin Lair. What's up, guys? Oh, I've already been talking, but it's fine. <laughs> uh, joining us this week, uh, new guest and a friend to the podcast. Uh, what do you want to call? Want us to call you here? Just call you Chad. Uh, let's go for Chad Venture. Chad Venture Chad works Venture. for me. Uh, one, one. Well, that's the Twitter handle. But yeah. I just go Chad. Chad Venture is fine. <laughs> Chad Venture is so. fine. Oh, yeah. Chad Venture, and then one sounds good too. I course. unfortunately don't have a clever intro for him yet, but he'll get one the next time he comes yeah, by. It's true. It's true. He'll it's have true. earned one. Oh, he's already earned one. <laughs> he's already earned one. Oh, well, yeah. So let's thank him for <laughs> all of these beautiful assets once again. Uh, taking time out and uh, drawing us that, that that new beautiful logo that's hanging above oh, his head, so which good. I want to find a name for before the summer is out. Um, yeah, it's gonna have a name. Well, I, I got to say, I think uh, doing the assets before I came here, I was, I was, I, I just did the logo. I didn't do, I didn't do the other stuff until uh, Chris had called me and he said, he was like, "Hey, you want to do the podcast?" I'm like, "Well." We're gonna do this. We're gonna do it right. And hey. so I was like, I spent, I didn't spend too much time, but it's been like about an hour and a half just getting everything ready. And it's okay, like I appreciate it. the fastest and the clutchest Photoshop job I've ever done in my life. So that was, uh, and then of course it was the upload process, getting it all, all in place. So now that things here, it looks great. I think you guys have good uh, media assets. Yes, yeah. this will yeah. be your summer for sure. Yeah, yes. I think so. I think I think we're kicking it. I mean, I'm just happy. There's there's words on my screen that aren't like me doing. And they look good. I'm looking at them. I'm going. That's that's all right. That's underneath us. I mean, I like how everything you're saying right now is sort of like phrased as a question, though. Well, the, am I sure? No, I'm a hundred percent sure. It's just doubting myself. I'm like, oh. I'm, I'm garbo. Uh, let's see. I'm There's that word again. again. 
I think Super Mario World ruined you last night. Super Mario World broke me, my friend. Like, you were watching it. Yeah. Oh. There was times I, I, I could not stop myself from screaming into the chair that was sitting <laughs> off scene. Uh, I, I didn't know. There was a couple times I had no idea what was even happening on the screen when I was playing it. So, I, I think I popped in it once and I saw you. Uh, I think at the moment that I came in stream, I think you just died. And like, oh, it, I couldn't tell you what time <laughs> that was. I died. He gave me like thirty lives. And I blew twice. through them twice. I, I think I popped in like you were. I think the second I got there, you're just screaming in agony. I'm like, I, I'm like, am I bad luck? Am I? <laughs> no, am I no, the cause no, of this? No, so you're not bad sure. luck. I was just. No, it's nobody oh, is is great at, at Mario World unless you were good at Mario World uh, uh, when you were a kid, and then uh, you also stick somebody who. It's actually pretty decent at it. Like I'm, I'm, I feel I'm okay at Mario World. Uh, I, I feel like I really haven't knocked the rust off the old Nintendo thumb, but uh, it just seems to suck the life out of people I'm who are playing a next to me. Because I was pressing with the button last night. Look, look, it's right there. It's starting to form from where I was pressing on the. Okay, so last night the reason I think it was here's Super Nintendo controller, guys. Everybody, the best controller Instead ever created. Instead of pressing like with your tip of your finger, like you should. Yeah. I was using this part. <sighs> Like this? Because I was trying to hold run? Yeah. Oh, and I, of course, uh, have never been ready for anything in my life. Your shit host, Chris Myers. Uh, today, I think we're going to talk a little bit about summer. Because it is the bonus hours, Summer Beach House, 1999. Because 1999 was the greatest summer yes, to ever yes, exist. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's before it became zero. But, yeah, before it became nothing. Yeah, I mean, my graduating class was... Everybody's like, yeah, we got 99. And I'm like, oh, I'm just two zeros. I mean, well, the, the Matrix chose to lock Keanu Reeves and all of the world inside of 1999 for yeah. a reason. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, kind of love the movie, actually. Yeah, it's so good. I think I think they made a sequel, actually, Michael B. Jordan. Uh, really? Like, one of the, the Wilkowski is coming back. <laughs> I think they're going to re not remake, but like, like maybe requel it. So, like, you're going to have, like, Michael B. Jordan as something. And then, of course, you like, we jump back in the Matrix where it's like, it's still there because it did. It never kind of got. It kind of never. Yeah, kind of. It's kind of still there. Work. Yeah. Well, I mean, no. The the end of Revolutions ends with them, you know, acquiring peace for a short time. They even say, if I remember correctly, the Oracle and the Architect say, oh, yeah, he does that say yeah. it will only last well, a short time. time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and there are multiple ones. That whole scene, that really bad scene, that was great. It was a bad exposition scene. But it, it, it changed everything about how you viewed The Matrix, which is kind of why people don't like the sequels, because the idea that the architect built in a failsafe that is the one and all that kind of stuff uh, really kind of takes away the cool factor of that first one. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know if I agree with that, but because I think the architect, I, I think, I think the architect adding a one. Mm-hmm. Is, I think, I think it's going to be, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm losing words today, guys. It's okay. Um, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a lazy Sunday. It'd be like that sometimes. So you mean the failsafe the architect I put into place to potentially contain slash expand the matrix? That we yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, look at the fix. Fixies, it's going to sound weird, guys. Yes. So, yeah, I think like the matrix in general, though, is a pretty good movie. Like I, I really enjoy as a kid. I kind of went to like this edgelord phase where I was like chopping a hot topic and I was like, I like, I wanted to go for like the, uh, uh, kind of the gothic raver 
uh, I guess style back then. And it was mm. kind of funny because like all of us had the trip pants and mm. we had like the, the pocket chains and like. I never really I, I wanted to like dress so much like that, but I just couldn't fit in. I was just like, like it was funny because I was like I was like um, I I went I started calling myself the one in high school, and then right <laughs> it definitely uh, it definitely didn't pan out too well. Let's just say that I could I, I could not catch bullets. Uh, yeah, I, sure, I, I definitely sure. I caught them in the face. So. Hey, I wanted to dress as one of the ghosts. I loved the way the ghosts looked. Oh yeah, the ghosts like, were pretty cool. That was, was those like, were kind of cool white, characters. Man. Anytime I played an MMO or anything. I was either always all pink if I could dye my stuff, or all white. It'd be like that sometimes. I mean, I I had a tangent for MMO conversations, but you had a topic you wanted to go into. I think. Yeah. Uh, I, I, we were just somehow we got oh. on the Matrix. Uh, know, oh, it's because nineteen know. it's nineteen ninety nine here inside of the bonus yeah, hour studio. Right. Um, uh, I really want to talk about the Matrix now, though. Yeah, I know. Like, the Matrix now. was a really great movie, and like yeah. we were saying, that the sequels, although they were good. Uh, and that scene, that scene that we were talking about, the architect scene, it's a bad scene. It's a terrible scene. It's bad. It's poorly filmed. It, the exposition is too long. It's a six-minute yeah. scene of yeah, just exposition. Bad. But the idea that it presents, the subversion of the Matrix that it presents within that scene is probably one of the best parts of the Matrix series. And the only way, I think the way to follow up, if they do a requel, like you were saying, with Michael B. Jordan, is to just continue with it. Like, yeah. because the you idea is yeah, you have to. Yeah. that Michael B. Jordan could now be the one since there I mean, is the no one. one. The one? Oh, sorry. Technically, Neo could be, he's dead, right? Yeah, he died. Yeah. It, he, he sacrificed himself at the it's, end. It's been a minute since I've seen Re- uh, Revolution, Revelations, Revolutions. Jesus. Revolutions. Sorry, but it was, it, was, it was a pretty good movie, but I was like, I do, I feel the same way with the, uh, the sequels. Like, the, the Reloaded was pretty good. Um, but the problem with that movie is like they they it was one big movie shot in two. Yes. Where like it was Matrix itself was standalone, but like there was so much content they wanted to cover over the two and three that it kind of felt like, like uh, it's like I feel like 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 for example like Infinity War and Endgame was actually one giant movie. I think they did it right by cutting those two into different movies. They're still oh, you had to they're, yeah they're they're still connected, but it's like they are standalone too. But I feel like two and three Matrix was like you know they. I see some things, but God damn it, action to a 13 year old kid. I mean, come on. That was, that was, for me, that was my 99 nostalgia where actually the Matrix won. It was the first Matrix was in 99, right? Uh, I guess it was shot in 99 and released in 2000. Same era. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Same era. So like, yeah, for me, I was like, I was like practicing kung fu moves and I was like, I, I want to be like the one. It was, it was, it was funny. It was, it's, it's standard awkward high school stuff you do. Actually, middle it? school. Yeah. That would have been middle school. Yeah. Oh, I man. think the only thing I did not like about the Matrix was when it took so long for Trinity to die. Like that Trinity death scene, I remember sitting in the movie theaters going, "When is this gonna?" I mean, can you just get on with it? Come on, man! I, I didn't I pay for... fifteen dollars to see twenty three minutes of someone dying. I forgot that scene actually. Was so bad. It was only <laughs> like seven minutes, but didn't she? Still... Oh wait, she got stabbed by the uh, the Smith, right? No, I no, think she gets shot. No, it was, it was, it was uh, the ship crashed and the uh, steel, steel, steel girders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, she got washed. Yeah, I remember that. I actually remember that Don't too. You dare, dare, classify that beautiful, beautiful man into the same category as that. But yes, that he, she got washed. <laughs> it's yeah. a verb now. It is true. It is true. Man, 2099 was really good for movies. Now that I'm thinking about it, 2099. 2099, yeah, yeah, yeah. That I, I, I the just, time I, that I Spider-Man's just, from. I distinctly remember 2099. It's just like yesterday. <laughs> Very good you year. know what I meant? 2000 <laughs> and the year 1999. 
In the year 2000, I'm a little bit behind. I don't. I don't have to pretend that no, I know you what don't, you're saying. You it's a lot more fun to not. I know. <laughs> I mean, we, we're avid time travelers here, so it's fun. Yeah, it's true. You got to learn the rules. Um, where were you at in the summer of '99, Destin? Drunk. Wait, how old are you again? I'm almost 40, bro. Okay, so okay, this is a big. Okay, yeah, yeah gotcha. I graduated high school in 2000. Gotcha. Okay, so yeah. So yeah, yeah. I was definitely drunk. At some supported. point in so, the summer of 99. That's appropriate. Yeah. I mean, yeah. What else would you be doing uh, in the summer of 99? I mean, I was personally probably playing Pokemon Gold, uh, if we're going to be honest okay. here. Okay. Yeah. Um, I was probably playing Hacky Sack. Oh, God. You're one of those. Oh, I still play Hacky Sack, man. I'm... Did you ever have White Guy Dreads? You look like you tried to have White Guy Dreads at once. No, no. I, I hated White Guy Dreads. Good. Hated white guy we dreads. can continue being uh, I started losing my hair probably around 21, around the sides here. And then I got real sad because I saw a picture from like eight years ago in which this, everybody can see this area where it's completely shiny, had <laughs> hair eight years ago, and now it's... It'd be like sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sometimes age happens. Yeah. yeah. In stress. Yeah, yeah. In stress. Oh, don't get us started on the stress. That's why we choose to live in the summer of '99 currently. Oh, '99. I uh, so so you have summer '99. So like, you guys are just doing like retro gaming right now. Doing I mean, that's currently where we're at. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's several things. Wednesdays canceled due to scheduling conflicts. We don't know what's happening on Wednesdays. Um, something is happening. Just not we sure don't what. know why. It's it's under construction. Uh, we're going to be watching some movies this summer. We're going to be probably going to be playing some tabletop stuff. We're probably going to be – I know we're going to be playing games. I just – oh, and then we're going to work – we're working our way through. That is a fantastic little device. Is that, is that, that new? Uh, relatively. I uh, picked it up uh, or got it or was given it to it for Christmas oh, wow. uh, so uh, this past it... year. Is it a, uh, it's like a ROM or? It's, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's emula- pretty much yeah. an emulate box. Oh, wow. An emulation box. That's, that's what the SNES classics are. That's pretty and awesome, actually. And uh, it's labeled uh, as uh, by Nintendo, so it's all it's a Nintendo product. That's pretty great, actually. Cool. Yeah. So it's yeah. perfectly legal for me to own and call it an emulation box. And that's... surprisingly, I think the this is as close to, like, actual hardware you're going to uh, get as far as gameplay goes, so. That's pretty cool, actually. I mean, speaking speaking of tabletop, I can go on for days about. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, what have you guys been doing over on uh, your channel, which is uh, Victory Entertainment? Um, so we are, uh, man, we are doing we we're we're kind of th- we started throwing everything against the wall to see what stuck, and everything stuck. Hey, that's so always a good thing, right? What we started doing was we we first started with a, with a D and D game, and that was a total. It was a total request that someone was like, well, if you guys want to just stream something original, play D&D. And I was like, well, I was pretty reluctant at first. I was like, well, no one's going to watch that. Because, you know, I was like, I, I different headspace then. But uh, we, we, we streamed the first game, and it was, it was pretty great, actually. And then I think by the third game, something happened where we started to see, like, it, it kind of hit us. We were like, wait a minute, this is kind of kind of cool, actually. And so we... We did the third game, and then um, I'm an artist, and I've, I've, I went to school for animation and VFX, and so I was like, well, what ways can we enhance the gaming, the, the viewing experience of the game? And so we, you know, we created some art assets of the game, um, and it just, we just, the world started building itself, and I was kind of like, you know, it was, it was fun because everybody that was involved in the game, you know, we started talking about the characters. Like, when I talk about Marvel and DC characters, because I'm a big comic fan, you know, like, I talk about them, and I'm kind of like, well... 
they're 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 really iconic characters and you talk about them like if you've known them for like a good time and it's like when we talk about our characters now remove the stat blocks and you're kind of like well what would happen if so and so got in a tussle with this person and it's like we all kind of are just so familiar and we we care about the characters and our first death really showed that and um and the game has just kind of grown where you know we we brought some people in with with actual theater backgrounds i think two of them are are actively in in uh theater one's doing theater tours i believe and um you know so we have this like like immersive rp going on it, it's really cool because um everybody brings something unique to the table and this past week you know we started doing uh we did a podcast where we talked we just straight up talked about the lore of the game and and it was incredible it was last night and uh and I, I do a couple art streams where I'm, I'm you know drawing the artwork for the game and it's been it's been pretty great and so uh, I drink a lot of coffee. Uh, I'm constantly. <laughs> we all do. Yeah, we all do. Constantly drinking caffeine, but um, I think uh, it was it's it's been pretty great. So I'm very excited about what we got. Heck yeah, man! I mean, tabletop RPGs is something we me both. I just totally lost it. Both Chris and I. <laughs> uh, there we go. Um, have I mean we we. I grew up playing D and D. You're an avid D and D player. Yeah, I mean, I've been playing for about, I guess, ten years now. I, I think took a about bit it. Of break, yeah. But, uh, but no, I I love D and D. I love tabletop uh, gaming. Did you run games before you decided to start running them on Twitch? Um, so I my experience was I DM'd I DM'd way, like at least eight years ago, and it was about eight to seven years since I actually ran my last campaign, so it was a little bit rusty. But I kind of had this mentality of like. I'm going to quote Iron Man here, but uh, sometimes you got to run before you can walk. And so I just jumped in and I actually, I actually had a co-DM for a while Mm. and I was kind of like, well, I'll be the creative person. You'll be, you'll be the numbers person. And then eventually one day um, we kind of came to agreement where I was like, well, I'm just going to do everything. And it was, it was pretty, it was pretty scary because, you know, I know a lot of people who are um, power players and they, they do the, the immense stat blocking and stuff like that. But then I slowly started becoming that too. And it was crazy because like I hadn't played D and D for like eight years, and I was just like, "What is going on right now?" But it was, I love DMing. I I, I just never can seem to find a play time to play a game. It's always DMing. Right, right. But, you, that's the way I, I always felt. Um, when I was playing D and D, I always ended up DMing. I don't think I've ever played as a play a character uh, in Five E mm-hmm. since it's been out. Like, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, because. That happens. You, you, the game is. If you don't have a good DM, the game is going to fall apart. It, it is. is. Yeah, absolutely. To, who is involved in the story is really into what you're trying to do. If you don't have that, you just got someone. Roll. Oh, you take four damage. Oh, okay. I see that. That I, I actually want to talk about that real quick. It's, that's a big thing. So the difference between you're absolutely right. So you find players, and again, it's not their fault. No. You know, nobody has uh, different people, have different experiences, but I, I, I kind of came to this conclusion where I was like, well, if we're going to play it on stream, it's a little bit different. You know, we want to, we want to put on a show. We want to make sure that it's, it's as not as exciting, but like uh, intergaging inter inter don't say it. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 uh, intriguing, intriguing. There we go. There you go. It's, it's, it's I, like, for example, like, and I, I don't want to talk about Game of Thrones, but like, you know, some of my favorite scenes of Game of Thrones are these, those quiet hallway talks yeah, you know yeah and so i wanted to find people who could do both and so there's there's it's very particular people that i, I cherry picked and then i think i did a good job and uh you know they uh you, you can't you can't have a game like that i mean obviously like, if you play with your friends only thing goes but it's like oh you know some players have 
kind of a monotone, you know, and, right. and, and they're more, they're more, uh, number based mm-hmm. where they like to focus on, you know, they like to focus on creating the most optimized character possible, which, which, everything. which is, that's fine. And that's completely it's cool. It's whatever you want to do. Exactly. Which there's no right or wrong. But I was like, I remember I, I, that was my one thing I told myself. I was like, well, if we do this, you know, we got to make sure that we find people who have, you know, that's why I, I went for the theater people and mm-hmm. I, I got them. And thankfully majority of the people that we have, even the ones who don't have theater experience are still great. So it's like, I, we got lucky and got some really great people playing with us. So. Hey, all I know is if I could play a game in which it wasn't, if I could play a game of Dungeons and Dragons Mm -hmm. in which someone was like, you're only going to roll five times throughout this entire session. I'd be okay with that. Wow. Yeah. I'd be okay with that. I mean, I actually... Now, I'm not saying the whole campaign would be like that yeah. way, but if I showed up, sat down, and the DM was like, listen, guys, we're not going to be doing a lot of action tonight. There's a lot of story we got to get through. That is There's literally... That's actually what's, what happens to us. We have eight players. Yeah. So Oof. we have eight players, Oof. and it's it's one of the things where, like, I've... All of their backgrounds intertwine. So imagine right. for a second, like, it's I've written a novel at this point, and... I, I've, I've been like, guys, I'm going to let you go, let you know right now, we have a lot of RP ground to cover tonight. We're not having combat, but when combat does happen, it is monumentally dangerous because um, we had somebody we had somebody last time who did die, actually, and uh, he was revived. You, uh, one of our viewers revived him with, uh, with bits, which we do offer that service. Yeah. And so, um, but we might have a few sessions where it's, it's a lot of RP, where like we're just... We're we're progressing the story. We're developing things, and it's very slow. But it's it's one. Those are some of the best moments, honestly. Those are some of the most yeah. engaged. Your guy said it. <laughs> I said it. <laughs> I said it. So I mean, I've been spoiled because I've had the same DM for the past ten years, and she is prefer a preferred storyteller. Uh, she would rather not do combat and deal with numbers, and that's right. where I that's where I'm more comfortable. Like I mm-hmm. uh, I, I infamously to my group didn't update my first character's character sheet for almost the entire campaign. Oh, wow. Like, I, I, I was like, okay, whatever. I guess I'm level 10 now, but I didn't really do it. Yeah. I didn't pick new spells right. for my bard until yeah. level 16. In uh, because, bard? And you didn't? Yeah. Oh, well, no. Uh, uh, Pocket, uh, which is where my namesake comes from, Pocket was the kind of bard who would occasionally buff people, but his real thing, his real get was uh, throwing dynamite and um, uh, necklaces of fireball. That was that was how he attacked things. Gotcha. Was uh, necklace of fireball. So I never had to or wanted to because I don't care about the numbers. I'm not there right. for the numbers. I'm there to act. I'm there to uh, be uh, part of the community storytelling aspect. Yeah, exactly. The, com- the community to- storytelling aspect is what I'm there for. And now I'm trying to get into actually being the head storyteller. Uh, actually trying to do the dungeon mastering thing although we haven't done D here yet we've been do we've done a couple of episodes and a couple of shows of uh, monsters of the week which is one of my favorite games at this point uh it, it's a lot more uh player ran on the story uh the, the the whole idea of monster of the week is a it's a monster of the week television show like your buffy like your supernaturals yeah. um yeah. but the idea is that i create this map with large open spaces that are then filled in by the players. Uh, I, as the keeper, am reacting rather than setting things up for you guys to react to, right, uh, yeah. which makes the storytelling even more community-based, yes. uh, and it can go 
anywhere. Uh, I don't feel like I'm railroading as much as I feel like I would if I tried to do D and D. Yeah, I agree. I, when I whenever I DM'd Five uh, E, that's when I like I said I came back and started DMing Five E. I had an issue with uh, the people I played with wanted that action and I didn't. Mm-hmm. I wanted the story, so it was very difficult for me to get that situated with people that well, and they also. They enjoyed drinking a lot of vodka at the table. I had to stop that. Eh. I couldn't. Um, I couldn't play like that. No, I can't. No, drink that either. A beer here and there when you're sitting around, that's fine. But you getting smashed. Mm. All right, getting sidetracked. Sorry, guys. Um, but yeah, with monsters of the week, you the players are dependent on the thing, like you said, and you're not having to worry about people that. You know, oh, we got to add, oh, what's our modifier here for this when we roll these six D6s for a fireball? It's literally, do you have a seven and a nine? Do you, is it between seven and nine? Oh, you kind of win. Uh, below seven, you fail. Get experience. That's another thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. the, the fact that failures mean experience in Monsters of the Week is the very game. cool. Uh, uh, it helps a lot out. Uh, w- with balancing the story and kind of making the characters um, feel real. Yeah. Uh, they actually have weaknesses, they have foibles, they have chances to completely fail and muck up everything mm-hmm. uh, uh, on a 2d6 roll. Um, but do you have an idea of where you're going with your story? Like, Do you, do you know you're, <clears throat> you're, you're in game at this point? I have at least three potential outcomes of the game itself. However, the thing is that, the, the thing is, is that it's kind of a game that I don't really want to end and the thing is is that the forbidden war the the campaign's called the forbidden war and there's always war there's always something happening in this world and so for me it's like i i'm not gonna lie there's there's been a couple weeks recently where i had just been making up like a comic strip each week where we're making it up the day before the game and it's like but it works out so well I, i cannot explain how the process is 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 practical but i feel like kind of like episodes of south park i think if South Park's still in the air, I don't know anymore. It is. It is. Um, so they, they usually create the episode and they finish it literally 30 minutes before it airs. Yeah. And they're creating, that's, I feel like I work better in that environment. It's so strange. Um, but I actually was going to tell a story that really, really, really challenged our players and, and just kind of scared the living crap out of them. Um, so we were talking about combat a second ago. Mm-hmm. So combat, um, usually in D and D games, it's and usually like in any kind of multiplayer game, um, it, it's team based. Oh, my voice. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> it's okay. Audio. Um, and so like with me, like I, I think a lot of multi- I, I multiplayer based games. I'm a very team oriented orientated player, and so like I see a lot of players just kind of go off and do their own thing. And while it can work in some D and D games, I started implementing this system where, um, if there is multiple enemies on the enemy on the uh, the opposing side of combat they're going to use tactics and work together for call-out shots and everything else like that. And so there was one session, and I'll get to my point here in a second, um, that the enemy team was a very well-oiled and structured uh, uh, special forces military time. And so they were calling targets. Um, specifically, they were pointing out which of the key members of the party they needed to kill. And so and the party, you know, they kind of went off to separate to do their own thing. And so um, in the process of doing so, uh, one of them almost died because they, they were like, well, I'm going to go do my own thing. Screw this. And then suddenly they're like, well, we got to work together. We really have to. We got a band together. And and this all stems from my, my previous 
content journey. Um, so I was an Overwatch player, and I hit just for the record. So in Overwatch, I hit I hit the top two percent bracket on the competitive ladder out of like forty million players. And so I was Masters for reference. And so I'm very team like very team based strategy kind of stuff like that. And so. Like, with me, I was like, how do I implement this into the game to make it fresh and interesting? And so, like, I started using Overwatch tactics and and D&D combat sessions, and you would be surprised how, you know, I I have one player, um, and and he, he as a person, is not this way, but he plays a character who's like this, very reckless, very run-in by himself, and uh, he just does what he wants to do, but he'll get punished. He will be punished for, you know, uh, doing so. And so the, the team, the party has to work to... Either you run in with him or he dies, or you let either either you go in with him and mitigate his chances of death, or you just let him do his thing and die. And it's interesting to see them have to work together. And the more they work together, the more they they kind of bond RP wise and even person wise. They begin to bond. And I think yeah. I think that is really why the crew that I work with is so tight because they they've had to discuss tactics like on the fly, figure out who's got what, who's got who, what spells they can mm-hmm. expend because. If the cleric uses the one revivify, but they know a big attack is coming, they've got to they've got to coordinate that someone you know who is the priority person to get the revive, and which players like will let me die, kind yeah. of, and which has almost happened once before, and so it's interesting because, um, you know, it, it's you implement tactics in D anD D, and you'd be surprised you would be surprised how far you push your players and how how badly they want to live, you know. So oh. it's Ooh. yeah. So that that's usually what how my games in combat go. And uh, it's it's really interesting. It's very very interesting. Yeah, I th- I think I think if you're looking for something that's a little bit more, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I am having a problem. Um, combat based, right? Yeah. You have something where you you have um, spells, you have mm-hmm. all these different effects, Re- resources, resources, and right. stuff like that. You do have to have something where you're going to have. A management system between the party. And oh yeah, you have to have these people do it. If not, Jerry over there, yeah. Jerry, <laughs> Jerry over there. Hi Jerry. Hi Jerry. Um, he's gonna die. Right. But is he worth it? You have to hash that your out character between. has to make that call. Yeah. You have to. If, if for example, so I think, uh, which is interesting because our, our cleric actually had this moment where a an NPC who was on a big redemption arc. Uh, she did some pretty terrible things, and she's trying, honestly, to to better herself. She was killed by one of the players I introduced because they were they were intertwined together because uh, the NPC in question had killed her family. And so upon first contact, of course the player character just bursts all their spells possible and just basically annihilates the NPC. Yeah. And so my cleric of the group, you know, she had been kind of helping her through this redemption arc um, she had to make a call. Like, do I use this very rare revivify? Yeah. Do I bring back this NPC because everyone deserves a second chance, or do I let her die? And she used it to revive her back. And and uh, I think I think a cleric and a few people were in tears about how how interesting it was. And she she and one of the party members in person was saying, "Well, you know, you burned it. We're screwed. If somebody else, we lose someone else. We're bad." But she's like, "Well, this was worth it." And so I was like, "That she had to make that. She had to make a judgment call. Choice. It's a judgment, judgment call when call. comes down to it. Exactly." I mean, I personally, like I said, have not had to make those, but I mean, playing Monsters of the Week, I think about it, I mean, every time you use a luck point, you're making, because you only have, what, eight of those? Uh, seven. Seven but yeah. of those? And mm. if you're not, okay, so for those who don't know, luck points are, 
if you fail a roll or you, you want to make a roll at, at 12, you have seven chances to burn a luck point and it's an instant. Right. Top. Crit. 20. Whatever. You get all the bonuses from it. But if you run out of all seven of them, your luck just drastically changes. The keeper has the advantage to say, well, yeah. even though you, you rolled a seven, you tripped over a branch. Now you've got a broken ankle while you've got Chupacabra running at your face. What do you do? Your luck just runs out. And I think, yeah. I think you have the judgment calls are the way to go in RPGs because if not, you're going to have this flat, not emotionless campaign. Yeah. It's just no, everything. Yeah. And that's the goal as a DM. Yeah, is to, is to elicit emotion. At least that's what I feel like. It should like if you can make a group of people cry over a fictional character that doesn't have any. Um, actual tangible physicality like no. it, it's a character that's in your head no. there's not even a little uh action figure on the, on the table uh like if you can make a group of people cry over that you've won you've won the dm game that uh, yeah. uh that, that's definitely Michael roy yeah there was there, yeah. there there was this moment um so the cleric has uh her father's also a cleric so it's by family that she's she's been brought into the uh to the divine order and so you know the the father it, the, so the player character in question her name is clara uh, she's played by the wonderful Hannah, and so I, I played the NPC of uh, Baldrick, which older German man, very loud, boisterous. But he he changes when he gets around his daughter because they have such a very such a, a conflicted relationship. And I remember distinctly that there was a session that we did recently where it was it was Hannah and I, and I was playing Baldrick and she was playing her character, and so it, it, I it was so deep that I feel like we were actually like in theater class. We actually right, worked in the theater. Right. And so we were doing it and she started crying. Like you could, he, I, then I started crying. Yeah. And I was like, I was on stream. I'm like, I don't care. Let, let this happen right now. You I, have it, to. It, it was, to. it was one of the, I went back and I was like, you know, it, it strained parental relationship between somebody. And it's like, it's relatable. I think. And to, to some people Never. can find something in there where you're like, man, that's, that's a, uh, yeah, I got that. So it's like a, little moments like that where you're like, "Damn, this is this is more than a D and D game. This is a show." It, it is. It's that's, a, yeah. When you are watching a, a table, any any tabletop RPG, any tabletop RPG you watch is going to it has to be a show. If not, you're just yeah. you're just playing a board game without a board. Yeah. And yeah. I, I mean, don't get me wrong, board games. I love board games, but I, if I'm playing D and D, I want a D and D campaign, not a board game. I yeah. agree. Yeah, which, no. Which is why. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, no, no. Actually, go go for uh, it. Which is why we actually don't do dungeons. Oh, really? Really? We, we do not do dungeons. Well, yeah, we don't because dungeon crawls. Uh, dungeon crawls are fun if it's not a show, but I feel like dungeon crawls can be kind of slow. Yeah, yeah. I actually. Um, may I recommend something to you? I've been yes. listening to uh, this these books by uh, author called Aileron Kong. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called The Land. It's what's called a lit RPG book. Okay. So basically he's in a world in which it's basically an RPG. So uh-huh. he finds items, he can identify, and he's got a interface mm-hmm. uh, in it. But what happens is the way Aileron Kong describes his dungeon crawls through these dungeons and these catacombs and everything like that is mm-hmm. amazing. Like these dungeon crawls, these caverns everything that they go through have probably been some of the best listening of an actual progression through a cavern i might have to take you up on that actually because i here's the thing it's i i I did not want to do the uh 
the roll twenty map of a dungeon. I feel like yeah. those are very slow in terms of uh, viewership. But I've always, I've wanted us to go to some ancient caverns at some point, and I think that's that's cool. I, I just, please show me. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, definitely. I'll, yeah. I'll get you some links and send them to you. But yeah, it's just listening to the their audiobooks, obviously, and it's a novel. But mm-hmm. just listening to them has given me a lot of ideas on how if I was to DM something, how I would approach it because. The, in the story, this guy, he's from another world. He's been transported to the land, which right. is this... It, it, in his world, it was a video game that he played. It was an MMO that he played. Right. And the way he... Him coming into this world, being real, knowing nothing about this... Where he's at, just going through it and his progression, just... And having the um, the narrator, basically, his mind telling you everything mm-hmm. I, I, the guy who wrote it has to have played D D for like his entire life nice just the way he's written it it's, yeah. it's so good so good i'll have to give you by the way it's called the land by aileron kong aileron kong kong, kong. kong. k-o-n-g kong. Gotcha. okay yeah. i mean even as a player i've always kind of found uh the dungeon crawl aspect of Dungeons and dragons to be the least favorite uh, i i found myself yeah, falling yeah. out of my character when yeah. we end up doing dungeon crawls because then it and it's no fault to anybody uh but a lot of uh, some people will will be, uh, treat it like it's skyrim where it's suddenly time yeah. to loot everything mm-hmm. put it all in your pocket yeah. and maybe sell it later nobody ever sells anything later no, no, <laughs> no. one does also, I'll, I'll, go ahead. Go oh, ahead. Uh, I was gonna say too. It, it's it's kind of hard when you have eight people. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that, absolutely. That's, it, so it's kind of we we would we prefer to focus on large scale battles, which that's where our strengths are in terms of like I said the strategy stuff like mm. that. But dungeon crawls, I, I I'll look the book up and take a look at that and see yeah, how it's I'll done. See, because I've got, the, I've got the MP3s at my house. I'll send them out for sure. Yeah, because I was like, there needs to be a point where at some point you go to a you know cavern of ancient something with an artifact, which. Yeah. That's cool, but I, I can't have us, you know, crawl. Things would slow down very bad. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Um, during our Monster of the Week, we haven't gotten it. I'd like to get into a large game of Monster of the Week, but we haven't touched it yet. I think the most we've had is, what, four? No, three. 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 Three's, three's are, three's three are running. And mm-hmm. I think Monster of the Week would do well for a large, larger, oh, yeah. I'm not going to say large scale, larger scale game. Right. Because it is not, oh, here's initiative, here's this. It's, right. What are you doing? What What do you say? What I mean, you. This is you. What is happening? And everybody has an option, and it's not like you have to wait turns. It's right. just go through it. It's the actions. Whatever happens, whatever happens, whatever happens. Yeah. It's really, really good, and I like it. Um, but D and D is. Is the is the main one? I mean, everybody knows D and D. Everybody gets into it. Everybody and, and every DM is different too. That's another thing. I'll actually let you in a little secret. So the reason that, uh, well, I didn't pick it for this specific reason, but one of the advantages of doing it on D and D, because again, what we do at Victory, we want to produce comics in the future mm-hmm. and and not animations, but animatics, animations at some point. Um, but that comes in time. That takes time, resources, and. and I can't do everything, so we would have to outsource. So right. that's a that's a long term project. However, D and D is a familiar platform. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows, knows Dungeons and Dragons. So creating a story without having to go, you know, we have art, of course, but like you know, creating a story that is based on a format familiar and easy to get into. Mm-hmm. It's like that's been. I recommend it. Yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely recommend it. If, yeah. if, I think if you're getting into RPGs, 
tabletop RPGs. Play with someone experienced Dungeons and Dragons before anything, because it is yeah. going to be the everybody in the war. I'm not going to say it like that, but majority of people who play tabletop RPGs know D and D. Like, I mean, yeah, it's your, it's, well. it's, it's your, it's I, I don't want, butter. I don't want to call it. Uh, I mean, we, we, I was over with some friends the other day. And I broke it down into tiers, but it's not exactly tiers. But it's you know, your first step is always going to be. D and D. Oh yeah, yeah, like that's the yeah. first thing you get into. It's the yeah. simplest. It's D twenty. It's the one everybody knows. It's just the most popular at this point, thanks yeah. to uh, shows like Game of, Game of Thrones for whatever reason got people interested in D and D. Plus all the podcasts that have been out and now in the past ten years. Critical Role, especially. Critical Role yeah. helped out with D with with getting D and D on the map a lot. Oh, uh, yeah. And then after that is where you hit your White Wolves and mm-hmm. your uh, and your your things in that kind of area where it's a bit more open ended. It's a it's a it's a little bit less dice rolling. Uh, and I've actually never played a White Wolf game. I'm interested in White Wolf. I don't, I don't. I think you got. I think we got a couple of White Wolves back there. I brought Vampire the Masquerade over. I'm interested in White Wolf, but I've never touched it before. And I, I want to go deeper than that, though. I, I I've been saying it for a while, and I, I said this before the game was starting to come out. But I really want to play Cyberpunk. Yeah, I we want were talking to about play oh, yeah, Cyberpunk. Yeah, yeah. We were talking about that so yeah. bad because I like the setting mm-hmm. of Cyberpunk. Yeah. I, the yeah. reason I think I'm not running a D and D game here on the channel yet is because I don't know high fantasy. I don't really like high fantasy. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I you know I, Lord of the Rings is okay. Um, I'm. I, 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 my most my 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 knowledge of high fantasy extends to Lord of the Rings. Um, it extends to Skyrim and the Elder Scrolls games, and right. then it extends to the D and D campaign that I that I right. played with right. my friend, who who is really really into high fantasy. So everything I would do is would that, be based on those things. Is that uh, Tackens? Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, fiance. Uh, but yes. Oh yeah, yeah, gotcha, gotcha. gotcha. Yeah, she it's, she's uh... ran my games for ten years. Uh, she invited me in to the D&D world uh, so with I, I a, a different I a, DM. I have a fun fact about uh, Kayla, actually. So it's Kayla, right? Um, so Kayla and I were both trained by the same person. Yes, I, yeah. that was my first DM. Yeah, he, uh, he trained us both very well. And so uh, I, I got to pull my uh, my D&D mentor on stream one day, and and he was just like, kind of happy tears. And I was nice. Like, I was like, you taught me everything I know. Yeah. You taught me everything, yeah. so... That's it always was, a good feeling, isn't it? You're like, that's my boy. I was like, I was like, it's for you. Yeah, it's for you. So yeah. I, I've had a bit of a bit of a fear of of, of doing D and D because a yeah, the person that has kind of taught me everything just by sitting at her feet and 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 watching her play and be playing in her games, I, I don't think I could ever live up to it. A and and B, I don't know the the tropes of high fantasy the way that the people around me have for so long. Um, so so it, it kind of puts this kind of. Mm, Eh, uh, I well, I don't know. I well, here's what I recommend: uh, just jump in. Yeah, the, sometimes dive gotta, in. Sometimes you got to run, freaking walk, yep. man. Yeah. I mean, that has I, been the philosophy of the bonus hour so since day one. Honestly, I would <laughs> say it. just jump in. Uh, start small. Honestly, I think of it this way. Uh, uh, let's look at. I'm going to use an example here. I'm going to use one of my personal favorites: uh, Dragon Ball. Very dra- not Z, but Dragon Ball. Dragon Ball. Yeah. The very first episode was just running around collecting stuff. It's very yeah. it, some people would, yeah. now would call it boring, and now we're we're at a point where we can almost destroy galaxies. So, start small, uh, rescue the princess or what or prince, whatever, and at that point, then just build your way up, and then just go from there. Yeah. But, but most importantly, have fun. Yeah. Uh, yes. That, that, that I guess is that is the most. Oh yeah. That you, also I would like to say too, like make sure that you're playing with people that you you know and trust. Um, make sure I'm going to tell this all to new viewers right now. Anybody else out there who wants to play D&D, please, please make sure 
we all have moments where we get frustrated when the dice don't go our way, but please make sure the people that we play with do not tilt when things do not go your way, because I promise you, I, uh, yeah. I have a story about tilt. I was playing, <laughs> I was DMing one night. They were drinking. Shocker. Um, and I looked at her and I was like, okay, so you take seven necrotic damage. Ooh. And she was like, no, I don't. <laughs> and I said, yes, you do. And she started crying and left the game. Uh, I, un- unlucky. Last game I ever played with him, by the way. Un- very unlucky. Unlucky. Well, I think uh, I- I've had a couple moments, too, where I, I-, I had players over the years where, uh, you know, I... You don't find out until it happens, and then it's talk of talk through it. No big deal, but it doesn't work out. Then go separate ways. But, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, de- but definitely, I think uh, it, it's it's important to play the right people for D and D, and most importantly too, because I'm gonna put this out there like this. So I've been doing voice acting and acting my whole life, but everybody's done that, and that's okay. But like, I think for some people coming out of their shells, um, to be to make yourself vulnerable. Yeah. To, to do the voice acting character, you want to make sure you're around people you're comfortable with. Yes. Because if you're around 100%. comfortable people, you'll perform better. Mm-hmm. And so make sure, just get your friends and be like, let's learn some D&D. Actually, our, our main character of our game, this is her first game ever she ever played. And her experience is, acting is actually, she's a waiter. Okay. So. Not wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I mean, you got to play with it. You, and like you said, fun is the oh, most yeah. important thing. If you're not having fun, no one else is. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. It, yeah. It, it takes one person to, uh, you know, but uh, don't be a try hard. Have fun. Di- the di- well, you can plan for something, but the dice are going to say, mm, not today, buddy. Not today. No. So. Yeah, trust me. <laughs> yeah. I rolled like, what was that one time when we were playing Monsters? And I think I had five in a row fails or something. Uh, like that, that was, that was our, that was our last session here on, on Twitch a couple of Mondays ago. Uh, Oh God! Who were you playing that time? Does it? It could have been Tim. It could have been Tim. Could have been. Do you have uh, two Tims? I think I don't know. I don't know at this point. You, um, you were playing with no, Agent no, Bacone. Yeah, vet, the vet. You were playing with Agent Bacone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or <laughs> Bacon. Agent Bacon. Oh, Bacone. his, his name is his name is Chaz in Bacone. I love it. Uh, Ian's my favorite Ian's person great. in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. he makes dumbass jokes. Okay, I will say this though. Uh, there was one game that I played. Uh, I was not actually the player, and this is the last time I ever played a D and D campaign. I think at this point I was like, I get it, I get it. I don't need to. I can't play games. But uh, so there was a person in the game. I created this really intricate character and this backstory, and I was like, I'm here for a good time, but I, I kind of want to try, you know. And then uh, my friend created uh, a druid with a a raptor who was a little bit slow. And his name was Bubbles. And, uh, yeah, so then I was like, well, okay, we're rolling. Okay, okay, it's cool. It's fine. Bubbles, yeah. Bubbles the Raptor. Um, but he would continue to make Bubbles do things that was very questionable. And I was like, get me out of here. I can't be here anymore. So. Yeah, yeah. Tone is a really difficult thing. Yeah. Uh, uh, you, yeah. That's part of the whole thing that you're saying with, like, make sure you have people that you trust. And as a DM, make sure that you... That they know what tone you're fucking going for. Yeah, please. Because, yeah, yeah you, you can I'm fine with having a, a character in my Monsters game named Chaz in Bacone. Yeah. A, because I can trust my friend Ian to do that with aplomb and understand when it's time to pull back on the joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, if I was doing anything any more serious, 
you can't do that. You can't have yeah. a joke character with a joke name. If I was doing a real ass D and D style, uh, you know, the world's ending epic campaign, yeah, having a joke character <laughs> is really difficult. And I'm saying that as somebody who's played the Comic Relief in a lot of my games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I play Comic Relief a shitload. Um, like my first character, his name was Pocket. He was a gnome and a bard. Uh, he was a jester, so his whole thing was being the comic relief. That right. was what he was built to do. Um, but you have to know the, the character that you allow to play the comic relief has to know how to properly play comic relief, uh, because yeah. if they don't, you're not going to elicit that cry out of them. And you need yeah. to be making the comic relief character shed a tear is it that's it man that's what you're looking for yep i agree i i think uh now i would are this is this is an unpopular opinion but yeah so i I do agree with that but it's like i also would argue that it is possible that you have a character uh so on a limb here i'm gonna say guardians of the galaxy you have a talking tree and a a raccoon yeah uh on paper it's a terrible idea but guess what i cry when that tree died and i cried when that raccoon yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I so it's I it's I think it's it's okay to have a silly character, but like the silly character is actually serious. Well, like, they have yeah. to be real. They have to yeah. they have to be re- uh, you know a silly character is a silly character only as far as a silly character can go. Yeah. So I have a character right now that anybody here can take this run with it. So uh, Pancake the Happy Clown, he's an orc barbarian, but he uses uh, comedy to hide his inner dark uh, dark fears that he comes across. And so eventually, the campaign as as a clown, uh, he stops crying, and one day he starts crying. He stops laughing and starts crying, and so the party has to figure out what's wrong with him, and that's whenever he starts to have character development. You're like, damn, that's actually kind of deep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so have fun. You can use that one, anybody. Uh, Roll with it, so. I think think we have a game, we had a game we played where we have two Tims, two people named Tim. Yeah. And it's fantastic, because I think at one point, I don't even think you knew which Tim you were asking about. You were like, Tim, which, what, I don't, uh, I, W. Timothy W.K. Timothy WK. <laughs> I think that's the name of that. Uh, that, uh, that that's movie. what I call that particular campaign that's uh, that's been off air for this long. Uh, it's called the Timothy WK campaign. <laughs> it's good. It's good. I mean, the uh, I am Groot, Brit. I am Groots. I know. <laughs> so the uh, uh, I was going to say the Weasley brothers were pretty great. Yeah. No. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. The, the twins. The, sorry, Weasley twins. Sorry. The Weasley twins. Yeah. Uh, Fred and George do oh, yeah. do do accomplish that very well. I think I think that Groot and Rocket are the two best as of right now uh, especially in guardians 2 when you get you really get into rocket there is this moment and i know we're changing gears here but i, I don't care I, I love it but i think there's a moment in two where yondu has that conversation with rocket and like i oh, yeah I, I lost it i started crying because he was like you know i think in my younger years i i, I kind of had like a, a anger edgier problems and so you know, you have this moment like, well, no one understands me. And then you meet someone who's got more experience than you do and says, look, I've been through what you've been through. I know what you're doing. You're, you're deflecting. You're deflecting. And then it's like, I'm crying over an anthropomorphic raccoon right now, voiced by Bradley Cooper. This is the best moment of my life. And it's just like, it's so powerful because that's so relatable. So it's like, I, th- I think any kind of character can, 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 if done in the right, you know, way, um, can be really effective in storytelling. You know? I mean, yeah, any character can. Uh, um, I'm not a fan of Thor, but they, uh, the past few movies, uh, Ragnarok, uh, so Infinity good. War, and Endgame have made me love Thor. Endgame uh, Thor was actually my favorite. I relate to Thor now Chunky because Thor? he's yes. uh, when he finally gets to I am worthy. I am worthy. Like that. That those yeah. moments have made yeah. Thor for me because it's taken this 
strange jock character out of his element and turned yeah. him into a real person with heart and problems and depression, like actual physical, yeah, yeah. like crippling depression. Uh, and, and Hemsworth is so good in that role, though. Like Hemsworth, oh. they yeah. couldn't. After seeing it, he cannot be. No one else can. No, be no. I, I think I think the message of Endgame's Thor Thor's arc in Endgame is that uh, you know he's always been worthy. And I think that to anybody who's been struggling with depression, so it, that that's, that is a huge message. That it doesn't matter what you're going through, you've yeah. always you've always been worthy, you know, of of your own mechanisms and Ooh. and things. It's okay, babe. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, not too much was given away there. No, fat, no, I don't. Yeah, think so. fat, fat Thor is not. It's not a big spoiler. Don't worry. No. But yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. What what else has happened within? Because I, I would actually like to hit on that. Like like Thor in Ragnarok was uh, was what really turned it for me. Uh, because there's that scene where he he's lost the hammer. Mm-hmm. He's um yeah. He he he's lost he's everything. Hella is 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 about to take uh, everything. uh everything. Yeah. She's going to take Asgard, and there's nothing he can do about it. And, yeah. and at that point, he knows she's about to kill him and take over Asgard. And then Anthony Hopkins looks down at him and, and, and says, uh, "It's a joke line, but are you the god of hammers, hammers? or are you yeah. the god yeah, of yeah, thunder?" Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the, the "Are you the, are you the god of hammers?" scene is one of the most touching, brilliant little moments in those movies that well, it just made me love the character because. Uh, God, what else does he say? Oh, uh, Asgard is not a place. Asgard is a, a people. It's a people. And yeah. they need protecting right now. I'm getting, I'm getting chills thinking about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting, yeah. boy, I'm getting chills again thinking about yeah. the moment. It was so, so powerful. So good. Yeah. Oh. That is one of those things where it's like, I, you know, it, it's, it, there's a lot of messages in, 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 in Marvel movies that I find just really applicable to a lot of things in life. And that moment was, uh, you know, you've always been worthy. And, and I think that after Thor, Thor kind of, held onto the hammer as a crutch for a long time. Yeah. yeah. And finally, I, again, I, I, I would argue that Thor didn't develop too much as a character in Avengers 1 and 2 and Dark World, but that's okay. They didn't. They don't think they knew what to do with him. Thor, they didn't. I still think Thor 1 is fantastic. Because I he, loved Thor 1. Thor 1 is one of my favorite movies yeah. in Marvel, but um, Ragnarok by far is, is the best because they made Thor into a character who uses humor to cope with his yeah. sadness or uh, his uh, tragedy. He's lost everybody. Man, and uh, Infinity War especially, he's lost everybody. So it's like, in-game, not to give away too much, but it makes sense. It totally makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah, yeah, the the, the whole arc ends up making sense in the end. What's what's a game that that makes you think of summer? What's a, like, video game? Let's go video games. Let's, Let's touch on video. What's a game that just hits you in that, hmm, it's summertime. It's time to play this again. I have one game to tell. Uh, it's a pretty tragic story, but uh, it's it's it's, it's, it's a here. it's a comically tragic story. But I, I, I if you, I can explain it, go for it. Uh, Kingdom Hearts two. Oh man. Okay. Uh, it was a ninety nine, but it was definitely a summertime game. Uh, so I, I I I think I told her the story too actually, but I played Kingdom Hearts two in the PS two and it came out in two thousand six, and uh, I loved this. I loved loved past tense the series but um so i played the game the first time and i was, I was at my friend's place i'm gonna go tldr here so i got to the final zone of the game where you're about to beat it i spent x amount of hours grinding through this game smashing x all this stuff and eventually i get to the point to where uh i was in the third to last boss and the t is during a lightning storm I, yeah you told me this and this is <laughs> it was during a lightning storm and the tv was backed up against a metal chimney and so <laughs> because 15 year old chad didn't really think this through 
Um, so I'm playing the game, and uh, it was backed against the chimney, and lightning struck the chimney. And it all happened so fast that the TV exploded. Well, it, the TV didn't exp- like, like, explode. The glass flew forward, basically, and sparks started flying. And the PS2 got fried. And uh, I felt a little jolt in the controller. I dropped it. I was like, oh, oh my God. And after it was done, uh, of course, you know, the, the parents of the place were like, oh, my God, the house is going to catch on fire. We were, I, was like, I was like, oh, my God, Kingdom Hearts 2. <laughs> I was like, no, I, I spent all this time in this game. And so, like, we got the PS2. We hooked it up to a different TV. And turns out my, all my data was erased. And to this day, to this day, I'll just watch the Let's Plays. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm a taste. little bit scarred, but I love that game. It was so good. But then I was like, "Damn it!" That's <laughs> yeah. pretty much that's that's how that's what happened to yeah. me. What about you? Uh, I mean, I, I, I hit Wind Waker a lot just because it has that uh, that's feel. A good one, yeah. But uh, I've been thinking recently, and I was talking to my brother. Uh, we were talking about Nintendo 64 Classic and what he would like to see on it. Oh yeah, and yeah. he reminded me of this game that we never owned, but we rented all the time. It's a Legend of Zelda clone called Mystical Ninja, starring Goemon. I played that game actually. I love that. That game. game is so good, and it feels like summer to me because it was a kind of uh, it was a, one of those five day rentals from Blockbuster that we could pick up at yeah. any time because nobody else rented that fucking cult classic. Yeah. So and it just it reminds me of just sitting on the floor with my brother upstairs. And trying to figure out this strange, strange game. I don't think I've ever beaten it. I don't think I've gotten past the part where you... I think the furthest we got was we picked up the small robot that you put the battery in the back. Sa- He's Sas- a... Sasuke. Sasuke. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, in the, the one part that really always sticks in my head was the uh, the mecha part where you get the giant... Yeah, imp- impact. Impact. Yeah. Impact! <laughs> I remember the theme song distinctively. Occasionally, I... Uh... Dash, dash, dash. Yeah, <laughs> da, dash, da. yeah I, 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 yeah. They had one of those on 64? Yes. Yeah. Okay, because no. I played the Super Nintendo one. It's a trilogy, actually. Yeah. There's the one on Super Nintendo, and yeah. I think there's two on 64. There was a, there was a 2D. A one as well. There was a 2D one on the N64, but I remember playing the one, the Mystical Ninja starring Goemon. That was probably like, actually, Attackens and I, we, we spent most of our summer just playing that game, and I remember, actually, I have another one in a second, but I, I we played that game, and we loved it so much because it was so damn good and they just never they uh konami did konami things and they didn't really get it together but i was like we that all know the yeah things. oh oh i know Fuck konami <laughs> um so like basically like like the game yeah the game was really good and so like i beat it and i was like i just kept playing it again over and over and i was like the the robot fight scenes um the characters were really cool uh abysmaru was my favorite he was kind of the uh the nervous overeater yes who was a little little, little chunky but he's he's he I, he was to me I think he was the most optimal character because he could. I think he could reach areas the others couldn't. So, like, if you wanted to to speed through a dungeon, I'm 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 getting into speed running now a little <laughs> bit. Uh, but uh, you use Abismaru. Yeah, but it was a good game. It was a very good game. Ah oh, man, I okay. You've played a little of this game, and yeah. it's a very very. Special game for me, and it's Star Tropics. Really, on the yeah. Nintendo because you love that Star Tropics. I love that game. Love that game. I, of course, me being older, Nintendo original Nintendo was my system. Yeah, right. And Star Tropics was my favorite game. Mm-hmm. Still is probably my favorite game if you have a proper controller. <laughs> we found out that if you have a not proper controller, it doesn't work very well. Damn. Um, yeah. But yeah, that game was great. It's it's a platformer that's very odd, actually the way it, the way it looks. It plays like a Zelda game. 
but uh, a top-down 2D Zelda game, but it has a lot of jumping and platforming mixed up in it. Yeah. Uh, it's an odd game. Uh, it's it's far. Uh, it's beyond my time in the sense of like, what the hell is this? And I'm not super into all the uh, original Nintendo games. Original Nintendo did not have the library or the polish that right. Super Nintendo eventually had. Right. But I can absolutely see why if Star Tropics was one of those games that you picked up when you were just getting into. Uh, thinking about games in, in the way that we think about games now, like, you know, a cognizant thought about what is my favorite game, what are video games, and why do I enjoy things. I can absolutely see why this w- game about being on these uh, these islands, islands out yeah, somewhere the would, islands. would 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 make this impact on you. Oh, impact! Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that game was. I mean, I spent. I couldn't even tell you how many hours I spent playing that game. That game. I mean, it was it was my summer for probably when I was. Or I can tell you exactly. I can't remember. The, I was probably ten. Yeah, no, 11, uh, I want to see. That game looks like it came out in '87. So let's see. Uh, I I wouldn't. I'm not sure what this one is. So I I probably gotta sit this one out. But oh, you're, you're yeah yeah. Ninety. Uh, so I would I would have been uh, nine. I would have been nine. Yeah, it's uh, the, so that's it, definitely a nine-year-old would see that and go, "Oh, jeez, I got a yo-yo, and I can at that." <laughs> okay. Oh my okay. gosh. I mean, I there are some pretty great NES games I actually played. I remember back then. I, I was more of a Genesis kid, okay. and I think I had Shining Force. Shining Force was really was good. Fantastic. Yeah, that was a pretty good game. Honestly, you guys, you guys should do like a like a podcast block just for talking about retro stuff. Like totally, we could, we could. I, I mean, mean, you guys have endless potential and rebranding so yeah 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 i mean i could sit here and just talk about games that i played uh, oh, also yeah. harvest moon back to nature is another one that is very very summery to me yeah uh for whatever reason i think that my brother and i just ended up picking that one up during the summer was more of that one uh and you had all that time uh back in the day uh to just do nothing but farm yeah do chores mm-hmm. do virtual chores everybody have you ever done yeah. virtual chores because i have and it's the best goddamn thing i've ever done yeah yeah I, see i never played a lot of harvest moon um, because of that, because the idea of doing virtual chores. Yeah, and yeah. I, th- I think when I first saw Harvest Moon, I was like, ah, I'm not. I don't think that's for me. Yeah, like the art style and everything just wasn't for me. Now I'm older. I'm looking. I'm like, that's so cute. Yeah, I want it. But like another game that was similar to that, that uh, not to that, but to uh, Shining, uh, Shining, Shining Forest. Say Shining is similar, but yeah. in the same vein. It was called Shining Wisdom. On the Sega Saturn, it was they took. Yeah, I played a Saturn. There was like two games on it: Panzer Dragoon. Oh wait, three. Panzer Knights. Dragoon was pretty great, actually. Knights was good. Pan- oh, Panzer Dragoon's coming back. Woo! Um, what is? Yeah, it's coming on Switch. Um, nice. We're getting a remake. Uh, but it was like a. It was definitely a Zelda game. It, it, it looked like Zelda, but they took aspects of Shining. Fo- it was the same, same world basically yeah okay but it was just good i like it was pretty it was it was the first disc system i really played um and it was still sega and it was it had the word shining in it so i was all good for it and it was great it was great everybody should check it out don't buy it it's like 170 dollars oh my now, god so. oh. yo it's, it's okay i don't games. i don't know if you guys know something about but the uh actually really quick it's, i see a pattern i see like the the uh, pink with the uh, logo here. 
It's pretty cool. I should have made this one blue, actually, if I'd known that. Sorry, patterns, colors. Oh, these, I, I, oh I've yeah, you're pink, right. I've got, the, I've got pink these, too, so I'll just put another pink. Uh, sorry, I'm like, it, it's the... No, I agree with coming, you. The color's coming out, actually. Now it's, that you pointed it out, I'm like, god damn. We that's should. actually pretty great, we yeah. To, we need I, to. I didn't even plan it. I didn't plan for it at all. Um, so, speed of overpriced games, uh, they had a limited edition print of Marvel vs. Capcom 2 and Dreamcast, and the actual copy of the game goes for, like, like uh, $200. Actually, it was, a P, it was a PS2 the PS2 version of the game cost like 200 plus dollars because they only printed X amount of copies of it. And I was like, oh my God. Um, I think I actually might own that. Now that I, I got to look at the cover. <laughs> you... I, 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 collect, I collect in retro merchandise, retro video game merchandise and retro video games. I have a huge collection. Gotcha, yeah. I got to look at the cover real quick. I can tell you. I wish I had the ability yeah, to collect again because uh, with the, like, but by the time I got to the age where I was able to afford to collect, co the yeah. collecting market had been ruined by people with money. <laughs> yeah, it, it's. I, I remember the Pokemon trading card. I mean, those are, that's, that's actually still pretty hot now. But I think the, the Pokemon collectible market and the Beanie Babies crash. Yeah. The Beanie Baby implosion of. Whatever, 1999. Of 19. <laughs> Here we are. Uh, that was pretty catastrophic. So uh, I was just like, man, Beanie Babies, though. Beanie Babies were... Oh, I no, collected. No. It's the PS3 GameStop exclusive of it that's $200. What? Yeah. There's I'm, a P I I'm sorry, what? Yeah, it's the PS3. Just say, see, PS3 GameStop exclusive. Game download voucher included. It's 119 Look, I'm not going to lie. I would buy it. I would buy it. Too. I would buy it. I, I love fighting games. I MVC2 was actually my... Was actually kind of my summer. Keep talking. I am not a fighting game guy. I could never get the mechanics of it. I could. I, I was never one for uh, uh, figuring out combos and whatnot. You're looking for your fight stick. It's in my closet. I mean, I'm going. I'm do going. you gotta? Do you gotta pull the whole rig out right now? Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I actually. Man, I kind of want to play a fighting game now. Actually, I think. Uh, yeah, it's so like freaking. Um, I mean, I got into fighting games for a good while. MVC, MVC two, MVC two was kind of my go-to, and uh, it was pretty great. And I, it was a brief period of time when Marvel vs. Capcom four slash it's called Infinite came out. I actually, I was getting pretty tired of Overwatch, and I wanted to kind of switch scenes. I wanted to go fighting game community, but then I, I, I realized uh, I was like, I, I'm not bad at this, but this isn't my calling. Yeah, which is what we, I do now. But I did kind of want to do that content creation wise for a little while so like i i love the challenge of um getting my ass beat and learning from it see i i have to disagree or, marvel versus capcom 3 that was a good game it was a garbage game to me and <laughs> uh, the game was good okay the game was good the community was bad oh of course the community was horrible of course um and the online well, most, play was most garbage most fighting game communities are and anything, anything come with a competitive edge to it, a little bit rough to get into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the Smash community, a little rough to get into. Mm -hmm. Street um, Fighter, Street Fighter uh, community is very difficult. Well, because it, it, it's everyone has it's competitive, so it, everyone. And there's I, so many good players. Though, yeah, are, and a lot of the people that play these games now play online, and playing online versus playing a tournament in person. It's completely different. There's you've a got tiny lag, bit. Of, there's you've a got, yes, you've got yes, frames, yes. frames. You've got frames are different. The input lag, everything is different. So I understand it. I am an online guy. Mm -hmm. I will never go in person uh, to play in a tournament unless it's like four people that I know. I I actually went to one. It was absolutely nerve wracking. I actually I have a story. Uh, I went to a tournament with one of my friends, and um, they just invited me. It was Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite came out, and so I. 
to this day, I'm still a very amateur player. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, whatever, let's go. Let me, let me, it. let's yeah, just, let's fun. just get in there. I don't get, I don't care. And so I, I got in there. I was up against this guy, and uh, you know, you had your different little stations where you do brackets and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I shook his hand. I'm like, okay, well, good game. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah no, for sure. And um, I proceeded to beat his ass. And I progressively saw him uh, Tilt. get tilted. Uh, he, he would he would start grunting, and I I'm a very awkward person where I'm like, okay. Mm, uh, so <laughs> like he would start getting angrier, and he would start like kind of like slamming his his fight stick, and I'm like, okay. Uh, and so but eventually I, I beat his ass, and I was like, yeah, good job. And he just he just kind of glared at me, and I'm like, holy shit, wow. Yeah, man. And I, I went into the next bracket, I lost. But I, I, that first one that I beat, I think he had been training for a while. Then I, I just kind of jumped in and just winged mm-hmm. it. And I was like, it was more than just spamming attacks. I was trying to combo some certain yeah, things, but you, yeah. but it's it's you gotta have a certain mentality. Yeah. You, you gotta yeah. be ready for that. I wasn't ready, and I was like, ah, okay, <laughs> so. Oh, dude, I'll, I'll play somebody if they get salty. I'd be like, pretty salty, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's. I, mean, uh, I would be if I just got that beaten. I, I I'm not gonna lie. Overwatch, ninety five percent of Overwatch has removed the salt from my my competitive gaming. I, I used to I used to I didn't rage, but I would get salty oh, okay. at losses. And so like I learned that if you're gonna climb climb a ladder on something, you you gotta be you gotta be ready. To you gotta be that. just this mentality of yep. like GG. Yeah. GG next. Yep. yep. That's Go. all you gotta do. If you, if you every game. Every yeah. game is a different game. Exactly. Mm-hmm. If you don't have the mentality, then it's like, it was going to be rough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Did you ever play anything that like you thought you could be competitive at if there was anything? Not really. I mean, not 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 in any actual sense. Like, even though I had a, a younger brother, uh, uh, we... We were a, a pass the controller kind of kind of crew. We were yeah. hey let, let's let's sit down and get through Ocarina of Time together. Right. Uh, uh, so that 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 is far more my speed um, uh, and 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 what I'm into. I I love Smash, and I I love but I'm I don't want to be competitive right, in Smash. Fun it's with fun. It. Yeah. It's yeah. a game. It's supposed to be uh, fun. It's not supposed to be the, this stressful, I gotta win, I gotta win, I gotta win thing. Uh, and that's how I feel about kind of all video games. So I, I end up in this sort of just single player. I, I enjoy a good story. I enjoy uh, walking through a, an immaculately built uh, immersive world um, or uh, solving simple puzzles uh, in a dungeon. Uh, Zelda's probably the closest game to my heart. Uh, when it comes down to it, so no, I've never, yeah. I've never gotten super competitive in anything. Uh, mostly because why do it? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I think I probably will get back into the fighting game because Samurai Showdown. I don't. Is it I heard about yet? that? Is it out yet? Or I don't think. Or, uh, I'm not sure actually. I don't know, but I played that a lot as a kid, and I need something that's not Street Fighter Five um, yeah. to play. And that's not Blaze Blue or King of Fighters, so I just bend over and take it. <laughs> uh, yep. And I think Samurai Showdown's the one because looking at it, you're, you're looking at it and you're going, okay, it's not this crazy. Oh, I have to string fifteen things, launch them, string more fifteen more moves together, go into super, rinse, repeat. It looks like it's actual. There's actual frames where you can you can get, like fr- block stun looks like a thing and everything it's great it's great two more days two more days on what samurai showdown Please oh they, yeah it might be that actually okay good yeah. we're really? gonna get some money all right yeah might be starting might be starting my, you're gonna get back into the community oh, yeah, uh, i think i might i might oh, man. actually i'm not gonna lie so something happened when you guys hung at my place today last week uh 
So we actually had this moment where I was I, I did oh, the, the wall trick. Yeah. So so I, I can't show you. I don't have any footage of it, but um, there, I, I I've been looking at Ocarina of Time speedrunning. I won't do it. It's not my game. But twenty uh, fifth. Oh, nice. Actually, yeah. I was I was playing Ocarina of Time. I I discovered or I didn't I discovered like I partially did the door of time skip where you you as young link you screw getting all the gems uh the sorry the the cork uh what is it the freaking emerald the things. the things the the three that you open the door of time i was like yeah we're just gonna jump through it and me i was kind of like dude i thought for a second you were like did you just discovered your speedrunning career no, it kind of felt that way me, what happens <laughs> with me is if i try something and i know that i can do it i'll just keep doing it until i do it unless mm. i get to the point where i'm gonna rage I'm probably going to throw this. This is not my controller. I need to set it down. <laughs> I, but I do, like that door of time trick, yeah. I'm still like, I'm going to sit down and try it. It's yeah. going to happen. But the, things like that, like if I go into a lab and you know, fighting game or something, that's what I call the training room. Yeah. But if I go to the lab and I sit there, I, I could sit there and just mash out the same combo until I get that combo down. And what frustrates me is that when I go to a game, I can't do the combo. But that when we were doing that door trick, I, that's kind of happened. I was like, I'm watching this guy do it. He told me exactly what to do. Yeah. I'm doing that at the point, and nothing's happening for me. So I was just like, I'm gonna. Whoa, whoa, this is happening, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, yeah, I do. I do like that. I, I would. I would totally get into something like speed running, but I think it would have to be glitchless, like what you were saying. Like I would have to get into something and be like, I need to do this as fast as I can. Mm-hmm. I'm not worried about records or anything no, like I'm, that. I'm, yeah, I yeah. want to see how fast I can do this, and if 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 it even because I think that's entertaining. Because if you're watching somebody and they're like, "Oh fuck, I missed the last potion next to yeah. the thing," I'm like, "Well, he's got to start over." That sucks. That really does suck. Yeah, I, I think the glitch speed running the community is incredible. The idea that these people get like take these vertical slices of these games and get down to the nitty gritty of the code and find these little loopholes is kind of a beautiful thing uh, and kind of an amazing thing. But that's not how I take games. I take games as a whole. Um, I, that's just how my brain works. It's a, it's a, it's a linear path from start to finish. Uh, so, so like you were saying, like a glitchless speed run, if I was to get into it, that would be, that's more my style. Yeah. Uh, now, perhaps if you just sat me down and were like, no, you have to get through this door the way that I'm telling you to, I could probably figure it out, and I might find a love for it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I could absolutely, because I, I do have the ability to kind of find love for just right. about anything. Yeah. Uh, but I, I uh, the, the, the rules of the game are the rules of the game, and uh, um, it's hard to get over the idea, especially with something like a Mario World or a Ocarina, where I've played that, those games so many times. I, right. I know it in and out. Uh, and so just not doing it in the order that I've always done it and in the way that I've always done it is really, really difficult for my brain to get over. Yeah, right. Yeah. Were you the one telling us about the, someone was doing it with audio cues or something in a game recently? I mean, that's how Mario World, Super Mario mm. World works on rhythm. We were talking about that yesterday while we were okay, playing. that might have been. It, I it, think it, so, it, yeah. it is a rhythm platformer like like uh, that's why personally i can't play mario world without the soundtrack playing i know people who play mario world and like they they they, they play weezer in the background because that's what the, what was out right, during right, that right, time right, Pinker, yeah. pinkerton had come out at that time Great so album. like they, uh, but i don't understand how people can play video games period without the soundtrack going on in the background mm-hmm. because sound is so indelible to games especially oh, yeah. that yeah. that era uh I, I need to show both of you there's this there's this man uh, he is completely blind. 
Like, cannot see nothing black. Mm-hmm. He has been able to play through Ocarina of Time by just audio cues. Damn, I, I need and to he has see a this. It, it's surround sound. He yeah. sits in a chair. He's got surround sound around him, and yeah. you can play. I'll show you the video after we're done. It's amazing. Wow, it's that's amazing. actually I'll pretty great. And when I find out, I will come back and I'll tell you this guy's name because he is amazing at this. Yeah, um, no, that's actually pretty great. I, I definitely need to like check that out for sure. That, that's an accomplishment. There, there was a yes. uh, there was a speedrunner that I saw. I think he has um, he has decreased motor function in his hands, but okay. he is the world record of the game. And he went to GDQ, Games Done Quick, which is, is a very, it's an annual charity speedrunning event where they raise money to, to uh, for cancer research. Right, and yeah. he did it on stream, and he came out, and uh, he was like, I just want everyone to know that if I can do this, then you can do anything in your life. And then the audience started crying, and then I started crying, oh, yeah. and then he started crying, and I was like... Oh my god, this is powerful. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a yeah. pro Street Fighter player, Broly Legs, who plays with his face and tongue. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. And has everything. He, he's a pro. I mean, he's and with Chun-Li, but, I mean, she's got a lot of options to Lex, but it's fine. And he's amazing at it. I mean, he doesn't just play Chun-Li, but... I mean, you've shown me you showed me a video of that guy, and yeah. that is incredible to watch. Is this guy just like run? And literally, it looks like he's just rolling his face to to, to somebody who's non uh, not not uh, avid, not an, not avid, an avid gamer, not uh, or not an avid fight, fighting fighting gamer, and not into the community. It looks like he's just face rolling on this uh, on this controller, and he's whooping ass in the in the competitive league. Uh, and it, it is beautiful and amazing to can watch. Spe- yeah. Speaking of which, there's actually a clip I'll show you guys later. I, I wish I could do it now. It's it's so powerful. Uh, it's called Moment Thirty Seven. Oh, it is, Moment Thirty Seven. You know oh, yeah. that? Okay, I know. Moment okay. Thirty Seven. There's actually in yeah. Street Fighter Five. I, I think it's Street Fighter Five. They put. Um, Moment thirty seven, the parries. No, it was the it was when they re released uh, Street Fighter Third Strike. I think it was Third Strike. It was Third Strike. Um, where that the Daigo Umahara. Daigo and, was and, in uh, Justin Wong. In Jay Wong. Jay Wong. Um, I, I had no idea you knew this, by the way. Oh, I'm, oh, <laughs> I had no idea. Listen, I've been detected a few times. Okay. <laughs> um, Wong factor is hard. Okay, Daigo Umahara. I did Jay Wong Moment thirty seven. I have never seen so many parries timed that well in my life and no one i don't think well they added it as 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 a uh challenge in the new third strike is the mm-hmm. moment 37 challenge it's probably one of the coolest things anybody even if you're not into fighting games can yep. watch it is amazing amazing to watch. I, it, it's it's it, i think the message for me and to explain to chris basically what it, what it is is that uh daigo Umahara was, was was against the ropes yet if one more hit he would have been, been killed and Jay Wong came at him with a, with a uh, volley of kicks from Chun Li, but what ended up happening was that Daigo, in just in this moment, frame, perfect. frame perfectly, bro- blocked every single kick, and then proceeded to combo him into oblivion, mm-hmm. and he had a slither of health to do it. The crowd went nuts. I, I'm getting chills thinking about it. Actually, yeah, it's, probably, it's but but the the lesson behind that video was never give up until no, you find out. No. Oh, I get no, fucking chills dude, right dude, now, bro. Dude, that's why oh. Daigo's one of the, the yes. fighting game gods, man. Yes. You know, Jay Wong should be considered one, but he's not one of the Japanese guys, I have, so it's not. I have a confession to make. Uh, I was five feet away from Jay Wong at TwitchCon, and I was too afraid to say hi. 
<laughs> and then I went into his stream and he was like, well, how come you to come say hi to me, bro? And I'm like, because I was shy. <laughs> um, I think it was uh, three or four Texas showdowns ago. He won. And I was there. And friends of mine went, the went, he got, she got there, his fight stick he won. Oh my god, that's really great. Everything. It's really cool. It's sitting up in their house right now. I, I am, Justin's I am... really cool. Jin, he's this uh, South Korean guy. Plays Gin a lot. He's amazing. I smoked cigarettes with him outside of the place. Chatted hey. with him. It was great. Jin's hey. awesome. He's There's there certain people in the community of fighting games that are amazing. And there's certain people that are like low-tier god who I'll call him out on stream. I don't care. Come at me, bro. Uh, <laughs> who no. just rage quits when he's about to and then he thinks he's amazing. Fuck him. Sorry, I'm I'm just here. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, and I I think that is uh that's we're getting to a wrap up point here. Yep. Uh, uh, where can we find you when you're going to be streaming uh the Forbidden War and uh, how can everybody out there see what you're up to? So if you want to, uh, my the biggest suggestion would be to follow the channel Victory Entertainment here in chat. Um, we have a pretty active Discord community. Actually, we my phone. Yeah, it's it's pretty active. We have, we're pretty open, so follow the Twitch channel, and of course, all the links are gonna be on the uh, um, at the bottom of the Twitch panels where our information's at. And we stream pretty much every day at this point. So nice, awesome, awesome, man. Nice I'm, to hear. I'm I, I haven't had a chance to check it out yet because every time you hop on, I'm either like right, yeah, I'm doing something, or I'm working, or I'm doing working this. here. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. It's, I I do need to check it out. I mean. From what you've been telling me and what he's told me, what everybody's told me, I'm just, it's great. I want to see it. I want to see it. I, Thank I, you. Well, Monday, Monday actually starts a. Uh, it, we actually call it our. I'm a, I'm calling it our game expansion. We are okay. starting off, uh, book two, if you will. So it's gonna be a completely revamped uh, asset slash story. So if I mean, there's always recaps you can watch, so you don't have to worry about watching it live. But uh, definitely, if you want to come stop by at some point, by all means, it's it's a good time. Yeah, man. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and uh, you can catch us right here on twitch.tv slash the bonus hours network all uh, summer long uh, as we run through the bonus hours summer beach house series. Uh, every day is something new. Uh, I think Monday is going to be actually Harvest, Harvest Moon, Moon Day. So yeah. I'm going to be taking my two friends uh, and teaching them how to properly farm. Uh, in the, uh, I the world simulator for a little while. of Harvest Moon. Uh, so you can stop in and check that out tomorrow evening. Uh, and if you are into this, the podcast we just did, Between the Profound and the Profane, a comedy podcast where lifelong friends gather together every week to trade friendly stories, give friendly advice, and try to learn something new about their friends, you can check that out on thebonushours.com as well as wherever uh, podcasts are given away for free because you don't pay for this wonderful no, content no. uh <laughs> we also have a discord uh it's in the doobly-doos at the bottom below the screens <laughs> um check us out come on in we're always there um i mean my phone's going i mean i it's always it's always on me so yeah we're always around we're always on uh you can follow me uh on twitter here at pocket of crime that's pocket of c-h-r-y-m um same for me uber hoax right below and you can hit me up anytime, uh, say hi, tell me to fuck off, and tell me my mustache is bad, because, you know, that's what we're here for, oh, yeah. is to be berated. <laughs> I said be berated. <laughs> you mean, I, like, be berated? I have beaver yeah. fever. Like, okay. like beaverade? Yeah. Is that, like, his new Gatorade? Uh, made from semen. Oh! <laughs> 
Oh, but he's married now, so it's easy to collect. I mean, what? And this has been Between the Profound and the Profane from the bonus hours. I hope you enjoyed yourself, and I hope we have been Between Profound or Profane enough for you. Uh, does anybody have any last words? Uh, go ahead. You have anything you want to say? Have an awesome week. Yes, awesome week. It's coming up. Enjoy. Be excellent to each other and party on, y'all. Good night, everyone. Woo!